The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Today we're catching up with Tim Mason. Tim is CEO of Eagle Mountain, which trades under the rather hip code of EM2. It last traded at 49.5 cents for a market cap of 92 million. Eagle Mountain is a bit unusual in the ASX space, uh, as rather than exploring in the crowded West Australian outback, it's uh, made copper gold in Arizona its principal target. And it's been grabbing the attention of investors too, because the current share price um, compares with 17 cents on June 30 last year. Now, Arizona is, of course, home to some of the world's biggest copper deposits. And as a mining destination, it is highly ranked for being mining, mining friendly. The Laramide Arc is host to the big copper deposits in, in Arizona. And it's where Eagle Mountain has been exploring at its flagship Oracle Ridge project and the Silver Mountain project. Oracle Ridge is an advanced project. It's actually an existing mine on care and maintenance. It comes with an underground copper gold silver resource at good grade, while Silver Mountain comes with multiple historic high-grade small copper gold mines. Eagle Mountain is well funded in its exploration effort, which aims to identify the potentially large systems driving the known mineralisation at the projects. Its well-funded status comes from a recent $11 million placement at $0.35 a share. And it has to be said that it's the best of times to be generating copper exploration hits. The red metal has left last year's June half average of $2.50 a pound to surge to more than US $4 a pound. So with that, I'm going to say good day to Tim and welcome him to the podcast. Hi, Tim, and thanks for your time today. Hi, Barry. Thanks very much for having me and thanks to your listeners. Right. Now, Tim, uh, it'd be great if you could uh, just give us a bit of a feel for your background and uh, perhaps the company's background, given it hasn't been around all that long. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Barry. So a bit about my background. I've got uh, 20 years' experience in the last uh, 17 years of that or so, uh, being in hard rock underground mining. I was with Newmont in the Northern Territory and then other underground mines in, in Western Australia. Uh, my background, I'm a geotech engineering, but I really call myself a bit of a generalist uh, these days. Now, I guess, you know, why, you know, joining EM2 and, you know, a bit about the company, um, well, they say you follow successful people and uh, Charlie Bass is our managing director, um, very well-known entrepreneur, you know, in the resource sector uh, with a couple of major discoveries under his belt. Um, so, you know, that that was a key part. And, Looking at the project in, in Arizona, Arizona's home to some really big major projects that you say, and I think it's been underdone from an exploration sense. And Oracle Ridge we picked up in November 19. It's, you know, it's got a very sizable resource there and it's quite close to the surface. But, you know, we can see that there's a lot more potential to build that out and make a really decent sizable mining inventory to support a, you know, a sustainable mine life and a decent sort of throughput. So that what's really sort of gets me excited and why I joined the company. Um, and 
it's uh, it's proving to be quite successful so far. You know, we've started off a drill campaign, and um, we can talk about that in a moment. But yeah, that's the why I joined the company. Fair enough. Now, um, what is the scale of the current resource? Yeah, so we've currently got a resource of twelve, did a bit over twelve million tons. It's a jork resource we put out last year, and it goes at about one and a half percent copper, half ounce silver, and 0.2 grams per ton gold. So there's an existing mine there. Uh, it goes in the adits going off the side of the hill. Uh, there's about eighteen kilometres of existing development. You know, so if you have to put that in today's terms, you know, there's fifty hundred million dollars worth of investment mm. already in, you know, developed into there. Uh, there's the existing the, the mill's gone, so we would need to replace the mill, and that's one of the decisions we need to make is how do we what's the right size for the mill. Um, Mm. to be able to make that work. So it's a pretty significant resource. And because it's perched up on a hill, that lends itself to being able for low-cost mining operations, you know, and uh, from an ESG perspective, uh, using battery electric vehicles or conveyor belts or those sorts of things. Okay. Now, tough question. What will it uh, take in terms of a, a resource, be, you know, what, what, that you would consider commercially viable? The scale, I mean, uh, you've got 12 million tonnes, what, 25, 30? Yeah, no, great question. So we put out an uh, exploration target of the just the existing expansion of the existing SCARN resource, and that suggested that there's you know three to four times more resource there just purely as an expansion. But from an exploration strategy, what we are looking to do, we've really got two sides to this. One is expanding the existing resource, but also drilling to try and understand the broader geological system at the project. Now, when you, we look at ne- nearly all the other projects around Arizona, they've got, you know, often got these high-grade scans, which is pretty common, but they're associated with a big primary feeder system. Often it's a porphyry, but not always. Uh, sometimes they're low-grade, but sometimes in a few examples, there's some really good-grade porphyries around Arizona. So the porphyry or the primary system at Oracle Ridge hasn't been discovered. So uh, we really see that as a big opportunity. And when we look around our project, there's a whole raft of old mines and there's outcropping mineralisation further away from the existing mines. So we think there's, if we can start to understand that, there's a potential to vector in and find out where we can build up more mineralisation to support building up that, that mining inventory. Uh, to be able to get us going. So mm-hmm. we started drilling in September. We've been doing really good science. We've done geophysics. We're looking at the alteration. We're putting together some of the first structural models uh, for the project. And that's leading us to the drilling program, which is underway. Uh, so far, we've drilled uh, 17 successful holes outside the existing resource. And so far, 16 of those have hit reportable mineralisation uh, you know, above the cutoff and has been onto the ASX. So it's been a fantastic start to our drilling campaign so far, but probably more importantly is that we're building up that understanding of the bigger system so we can target in a where's the hotspots for trying to build up more high-grade resource or uh, you know, where's the feeder system coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of last year, we hit a... A great zone. It was in our whole ten where we hit up to about eleven and a half percent copper, albeit it was fairly narrow. Um, but it was in a, a breccia style mineralisation, which is a bit of a new style for the project at those sorts of grades. 
so we're trying to understand that. And recently, we've just got the drills back there to, well, you know, we've got one drill at the moment, um, got the drills gone back there to find out what that system, that part of the ore body could be, could be doing. Is it a feeder system through, uh, from a depth? Not that it uh, matters much looking forward, but obviously, uh, what was the production history there? Yeah, so it's got, it was mined, um, oh, back into the 1940s, very, very small scale, high-grade uh, copper mineralisation. But the, the most you know, sizable mining campaign was between 1990 to 96. They mined about a million tonnes going around about the, the 2% copper mark. Uh, they had a concentrator on site. They produced a bulk copper, silver, gold con, um, which then got sold. So the project's been de-risked from a processing side. We know we can produce a nice, clean, saleable product. It gets good recoveries. Now, the reason it got closed up in 96 was uh, the copper price was a bit over a dollar a pound. And they also had some problem with the processing plant, with the grind sizes and, and large amounts of scats going through the mill. The, the company, as we understand, was undercapitalized at the time and with the low copper price, mm-hmm. it, was, uh, it was all a bit too hard. Now, since that, it's been held with various parties who really didn't do a whole lot with it. It's been a bit of a sleeper type of project. There was a Canadian group had it during uh, around about 2014, and they did some drilling, uh, a lot of it into the existing resource. Now, the resource has got about 700 holes into it, so it's got a, you know, a lot of investments already gone into it. Mm. And they did some drilling, and they proved that what they thought was there was essentially there. Now, we're taking a very different approach. We're saying, look, we want to build this thing out. We want to make grow this resource to be significantly more than what's currently been defined. And I, I think our exploration results are speaking for themselves on that front. Um, and but anyway, they they borrowed some money, and uh, the company went into administration, and, and it's been with those administrators ever ever since they uh, they folded, and we picked it up off the administrators, and we're in a, a essentially a joint venture with one of those groups who did the lent the money. Yeah, okay. Uh, there was an ASX announcement recently about picking up uh, some new claims. I think you're calling them Golden Eagle. They're near Oracle Ridge. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're sticking with the bird theme. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, look, as I was saying, we really see there's potential to that there's a bigger system at play here and we're trying to understand it and build on it. We've had teams out in the field and we like what we're seeing. We so we're really excited to have you know we're picking up more and more ground. We've more than doubled the land holding around us. Um, and in Golden Eagle, um, it's an access agreement um, which with the local county owns some of these claims. It's patented claims, which is very very good. Um, and uh, it will have teams going out in the field doing more exploration on those zones uh, as well. Okay. Is there any uh, production history at Golden Eagle? There is, yeah. No, there's a number of mines, both copper and gold, uh, historical mines. Uh, a lot of the quite high grade, sort of fairly small operations, which have been daylighting at the surface. And but our you know, exploration would be to where do these veins go, and then what do they mean? Are they all pointing towards a bigger system as well? Mm. The uh, the claim system over there, obviously, very different to the way things work here. But uh, you don't seem to be having any problem getting the land package you want. No, uh, so far it's been great. There's available area around us, and we, we have pegged um, claims around us, and you know it, it works quite well. And yeah, Arizona's 
uh, what's now recently on the Fraser Institute, number two for mining investment attractiveness. It's, um, so it's mm. easy and good to be able to deal with. Um, it's quite familiar to you know Western Australians and how things work, and they're it's a good it's a good place to do business generally. So, but now we've been able to uh, look to pick up some claims. It's obviously got to get the right claims. We've got a zone up to the north, which we call Red Hawk, which has got a great big uh, geophysical anomaly. So we're we're looking to go through the permitting on that to to be able to get some holes into it as well. Okay, uh, Silver Mountain, you've had a phase one drilling program there. Uh, what did it come up with, and what was your understanding of what you might be onto there? Yeah, absolutely. So this was before my time. Um, I've been with the company a bit over a year now, but mm-hmm. so Silver Mountain, that's what was the company floated on originally uh, in 2018. It's a large uh, claims package up just to the northwest of Phoenix. It's quite rugged terrain, and I think it's been in the too hard basket for a lot of companies, but there's a string of high-grade copper and and or gold mines, sort of going about 10% copper head grade and 10 gram per tonne head grade from old historic mines. And there's two big regional structures which converge onto the, on our claim package. So we did some drilling and the idea of either trying to build up some of those, that mineralisation and see where things have come from, or we're also trying to find potentially the deeper system, which could be a porphyry. Now, we saw lots of really interesting alteration. Technically, it was very, very successful. Yeah, unfortunately, didn't hit any you know, stellar grades there, um, but yeah, technically, it's very, very successful. At, at this stage, our focus is on Oracle Ridge. Um, it's quite low cost to maintain uh, mm-hmm. Silver Mountain, so we're just sort of sitting on that at this stage uh, whilst we're really focusing on growing the resource at Oracle Ridge. Right, okay. Uh, one question I imagine you get quite a lot is how does a, a Perth-based company, quote-unquote, um, manage uh, an exploration program in Arizona? Very, very good question. Um, so a bit of background behind. So uh, Charlie Bass, uh, when he said to come out, we had a lot of uh, our investors were Australian-based, no. uh, so hence we were ASX listed, but Charlie with just the extensive contacts and relationships in Arizona, um, he pulled together the Silver Mountain package, which is what we did the listing on. So that's why we're ASX uh, listed with the US projects. Now, we've been quite successful to be able to keep on going. Um, you know, we've got a great team over in the US. I'm you know, really proud to be working with them. They're doing a fantastic job. So, yeah, it's been, uh, I would say, completely smooth sailing, but we've been able to pull this together quite well. And, um, yeah, we've, we've done a whole lot of work and the, we're, we're, we're on the right track, I think. Um, we've also recently appointed... Uh, the former president of Asarco. Asarco, uh, he's our CEO in the US, right. uh, Mr. Manuel Ramos. Uh, Asarco is one of the biggest copper producers in Arizona. And yeah, very famous name. Yes, very famous for those who don't know. And look, I'm super excited to have him on our team. He was responsible for operating three of the big mines around us, uh, two of the local smelters. As well, so such an intimate knowledge of the Arizona mining sector, um, and he's he's come on board to really help us with our transition from uh, defining you know how much resource and minimisation mining inventory we've currently got through our studies and hopefully onto production. Uh, so I think he'll be really fundamental in that in that goal. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. And uh, which city or town do you uh, is the company based on in Arizona? So we're in Tucson, which is down, oh, I'd say, you know, a third of the way up the, up the, the state, for those of you who know who Arizona, north of the, the border. Um, yeah, Tucson's a very mining-friendly town. There was a, a local mine uh, near San Manuel. It was one of the largest underground mines in America for a long time. Uh, it's since closed, but there's a lot of mining uh, infrastructure and services in, in Tucson. And then from there, it's about an hour up to our site. So it's quite an easy drive. Mm, yeah. Um, Tucson, uh, San Manuel, that was, uh, I think it was BHP for a while, wasn't it? That is very correct. This was, mm. It was BHP. Yeah, that's right. Something, one they'd rather forget, but uh, <laughs> they've, they've since uh, moved on with uh, Rio Tinto uh, to the resolution project, which they say can uh, would be capable of producing 20% of... Uh, the U.S. copper needs eventually. So, yeah, Still. It's, a, it's a phenomenal project. That one. It's uh, very large with some very decent grades, and it can really show what the potential for these porphyry systems can be. So we've got around about one and a half percent copper. Mm. Some people might think that a lot of the porphyry systems are very low grade, but it's not always the case. Um, yeah. Certainly not in Arizona. There's another mine down south of us called Bisbee. It's got a lot of high grade breaches, and that's got a you know, resource around about 400 million tonnes of about 1.4, 1.3% copper as oh. well. So you can certainly get some decent tonnes and grades in these sorts of systems. Mm, very nice. Um, copper price, what do you make of it, this run up of above $4, $4 a pound? Uh, you mentioned it was down around a buck back in the 90s. Uh, $4 is a pretty good price. Yeah, it is a good price. And it, you've got to think about, well, why has it gone to this price? and you know, I think, you know, there's been a general lack of investment uh, in exploration and development generally, certainly in the copper space. And so that's led to the, the lack of discoveries globally. And we're just not seeing that pipeline of copper projects required to support the, the demand, which I guess many analysts are forecasting, you know, on the back of uh, the green energy and decarbonisation and electrification mm-hmm. um, you know, all these stories, which I know you've talked about with lots of your other uh, people on these podcasts before. So, look, I, I think it's underpinned by, uh, you know, the demand and supply fundamentals. Uh, look, hopefully that it stays nice and strong, you know, especially for, you know, the copper explorers and the copper producers. But, well, look, I think it will stay strong. Um, I'm bullish on copper. It was another reason I came on to join the company. And... Yeah, I think it's got a copper's got a very bright future, and I don't have found many people who think otherwise. Mm. There's uh, this greater interest in copper now that it has uh, got back over four dollars a pound, which it got back. It was there back in the what, 2008, nine, ten around there. Um, are you noticing a, a sort of more amped up response from investors in response to copper exploration results as a result? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's definitely getting more focus on copper, uh, like we're seeing ads on TV now from BHP and why that's important, and it's getting more publicity. So, uh, yeah, definitely there's there's interest from investors just because of that those, those copper fundamentals. But mm. um, you know, and we're seeing things like you know Larry Fink, you know, head of BlackRock, coming out with letters to CEOs talking about you know carbon emissions and we've got to do things smarter as mining companies and and the globe. Generally, which I think's 
is really positive for the industry overall. Um, it's an area which we want to focus on as we go forward. I think our our mine is really well positioned, as I was talking about earlier, perched on the hill to be able to produce copper uh, with low amounts of emissions generally by being able to use electric vehicles and hybrid trucks and conveyor belts and things like that. Um, mm. So, yeah, it, it all kind of feeds in, into itself with decarbonisation of the world um, generally. Mm. Interestingly, uh, the thing I find is that there aren't that many junior copper plays on the ASX X market. We're obviously spoiled with gold and lithium and nickel. But when you strip it back, who's got an advanced near-term development project with exploration upside like you guys have? There's not many of you guys around. No, I think there hasn't. You're exactly right. I think that really does set us apart. But you know, we're not we're not paper pushers. Like we want to be, we want to become a mine. That's our plan. We're just going to do what's right by the ore body. So we can right size the mill and uh, you know really understand what we're sitting on. And at this stage, I'm I'm so excited. Like the the results we're getting are just every hole hitting something is just absolutely fantastic. But it's just giving us more information about the structures and the alteration of the big system there. So yeah, yeah it's coming together nicely. Okay, so we could just bring it all together for investors. What should they be looking out for in the coming months? We uh, we're continuing to drill. So we're going to have a steady news flow of exploration results coming through. Um, we, As we put out in our last announcement, we're talking to uh, drilling contractors about availability of drill rigs as well. So the idea of being able to uh, accelerate our exploration uh, results. Now, the idea there will be to one rig sitting on extensions to the existing resource, certainly targeting some of these high-grade zones and then uh, future other you know, drills when that's all confirmed to be targeting some of these broader targets which we're just building up a great big pipeline uh, of existing resources along with upgrading the existing resource. It's one thing we haven't talked about is we've got a lot of our resources in indicated, upgrading that up into measured. So when we get to doing our mining studies, what's at the front end of the mine production plan is in measure and we've got greater confidence that it's going to be there. Mm-hmm. So really around exploration results is going to be the, the focus in the coming months. Alrighty, folks, there, we've, there we are. We've got a, a new company there doing exciting things in the copper gold space in Arizona. Um, great combination of uh, known resource and uh, exploration upside. So, Tim, uh, you've given us a great rundown on the company and what to look out for in coming months. So, with that, all the best and thanks for your time today. No worries. Thanks very much, Barry. Thanks for having me on.